Hello, folks. It's Jay from Jay Talk here to talk about Anchor. We just switched to Anchor from our previous hosting service for our podcast. Uh, a couple of highlight points. It's free. Um, it's got great tools for recording and editing your podcast on your phone or on the computer, on the phone, on the go. Make some good content there. Um, you can also add some songs from Spotify. Uh, make your own radio show. Look forward to mine. Uh, I hope you guys like it. Um, of course, Anchor has great tools for publishing or distributing your podcast to other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, and then you can try it. You can make money off your podcast, you know, with no minimum listenership. Um, it's really everything you need, and, and I love the analytics. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening, folks. This is Jay from Jay Talk. And, of course, we have our wonderful co-host, Nick from the Nick Drop. Where is it? I'm slowing the button tonight. Slowing the button. At least I didn't say hip drop today. There you go. Thank you. Yep. So, uh, and, and of course, we have our wonderful guest, uh, Shannon. So, I'm going to give my quick intro, and then I'm going to let Shannon say hello. Um, Shannon is a father, a... Well, he's a husband first, a father, a grandfather. He's a veteran. He's a police officer. He's a chaplain. He's a pastor. Um, a great man. Wow. Wow. So anything you want to say really quick? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you guys. And uh, I just hope that in our time together, we can... Uh, chew on some important issues that need to be chewed on, and and hopefully we'll uh, come up with some good information for people. I agree. I agree. Yes, sir. So, Nick, how you doing? Man, you know, it was a good day. I'm still standing. So, yeah, work wasn't all that bad. Yeah. Just another day on the farm. I know. That's always a good day. Yep, yep. yep. Yes, so, definitely a good day. I... Did something new. I actually did a training class. I don't know if you guys can read that, but it was a mental health first aid class yesterday. I'm really excited about this. Um, and it's to become a certified first aider for mental health. It was really cool. Um, some couple of points I wanted to share about this class that I did. They talked about um, there's a company called, or it's a website, Mosaics of mercy.org and what they do is they will tell you if you tell them what insurance you're on they will tell you if there's a mental health provider in your area and who it is so it's really cool and they help people who don't have insurance so that's nice they actually are providing a really good database i'm going to put the link in the podcast so don't worry about writing it down folks oh good thank Um, you yeah, one of the other things I learned is in June or July, they're going to come out with a 988. So it's going to be the 911 for mental health. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, it's a really cool thing that's coming out. So I'm really that's excited awesome. about that. It's really nice. Uh, something negative I learned. I was really kind of disheartened about this. April, May, and June is our three biggest months out of the year for suicide. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really just kind I of I wonder why that has always I always thought that, you know, the holidays, things like that bring out the most emotions in people. It it does, but most of huh. the time it's better emotions and you're always around family, so that mental health isn't That's a good thing. Yeah. Isn't necessarily a big issue. And then I found something one last thing and then we'll get on to Shannon. DBT. Dialectical behavioral treatment. People who are living with bipolar or living with um, other behavioral disorders, this is a great treatment that they can do as a self-treatment. And so if you want to look it up, learn more about it, it was really interesting to hear about it. DBT, Dialectical Behavior Treatment. So learned a lot. I'm really excited. Um, If anybody that's listening to the show wants to take the class, let me know, and I'll email you contact information. So really kind of, I was really excited about this. I didn't want to 
not share this with the with the crowd. So anyway, so okay. Um Shannon, how are you doing? Doing great, brother. Doing great. Um, you know, I'm still a little tired. I just returned from uh Washington, DC for police week. We uh took three of our families of the four officers we lost last year um at the oh. agency. I, I serve as a chaplain. And uh unfortunately um we the day that we arrived in DC to help our families from last year um honor their fallen officer, we lost a deputy the day that we arrived at the hotel here. Yeah. So that's three so far this year. And uh and so all four that we lost last huh? No, huh? It's only May. So yeah. all last year were COVID deaths. Um all we had four the year before, three of those were COVID, one was heat stroke from the academy. And all three of these this year, one is uh died as a result of being hit by a drunk driver. The other was shot and killed by catalytic converter thieves. And last uh, Wednesday, uh, our deputy uh, struck the rear end of a parked 18-wheeler on the interstate. Oh, ouch. Damn. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. He was legally parked on the shoulder. The deputy just drifted. We don't know why he drifted, but but he drifted into the back of the 18-wheeler. And we don't know if he died instantly, but, you know, we're and we're burying him tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, that's rough. And yeah, it's you know, I know I I see you post about officers who lost their lives or things like that and it's just really anyone who loses their life is just really hard to see. It's just yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. So, well, but we've actually now we lose officers all the time, but we have a distinction. We have a line of duty. We have while on duty or they die while employed. And we, we had a deputy commit suicide earlier this year, too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the things that we're actually trying to change is that commit suicide thing, and we're just trying to say they took their own lives. So, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know me. I'm, I'm very passionate about um, the suicide prevention and everything, so. Yeah, sure. part of the reason why I took this class. So, okay, so um, you know, for those of you that don't know, I I have known Shannon for I don't over twenty years, yeah, you know, at least thirty. Um, yeah. because that's when Dale. Um, so my cousin uh, actually took his own life, um, in a similar ma- fashion as Andrew. And Shannon was the first officer on the scene. Oh, that was the one over in Crosby, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, you got to think. And then, so he's gone to church um, with my mom for years. Uh, I think he's known my mom and my brothers longer. I wasn't as as involved in the church as they were. But, um yeah, I mean it's been it's been a long time. So, you know, so tell. I wanted to talk about a lot of things, but as I'm sitting here thinking about it, why don't you tell us a couple of things that you wanted to talk about, and then we'll ask some questions because they, I, I don't think we're going to be able to do everything, and I yeah. want to let you get your piece in, you know, and and I don't, it, you know, we invited you on. And I'll tell you the reason is, is we wanted to invite real people, real heroes, not just some superstar. And that's why I invited you, because you're a real person, you're a real hero, not just as a veteran, but as a father, you know, as a husband and everything. I think the community really looks up to you. So that's my honor to you. Well, I appreciate it, Jay. I think. Probably the thing that I am most passionate about right now is um, encouraging people to really pay attention to the things that matter the most in life. Uh, We are very much a uh, superficial culture in the United States. We are an instant gratification culture. Uh, We don't like the crock pot 
process, as I say it. We like everything microwaved. And um, I think that that is something, something that has um, not happened recently. That's been a, a decades-long process of, you know, we come home from World War II. Rosie Riveter is now got job skills outside of the home. She can make a little extra money. So now you've got families who are veterans that have come home from the war. They've got a little bit more money in their pocket now. They're getting these post-war homes. We've come out of the Depression with the new deal that FDR put together. You know, a lot of people question whether or not it was a really good deal or not, but still, nonetheless, it happened. And, and so the economy is starting to boom again. People are coming home. They're starting to have babies. And, and so we go from, in the World War I era, from an agrarian culture, then we see the Industrial Age and the Industrial Revolution, and then the World War II era, where you go from World War I, they're still fighting on horseback. Now we've got a fully mechanized uh, warfare, and then the Atomic Age was brought in. And then all of these things that have happened, it's decades long. And so in, in humanity has really, uh, from a cultural standpoint, from a um, dealing with one another standpoint, relating to one another, we have, I hate to use this word because I'm not a believer in evolution, but we have devolved in our ability to actually relate to one another. Yes, we have. Our, our, culture, our culture has, because of what we've desired in our flesh, we have forgotten the thing that matters the most. And there are two things that matter the most, our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And, and we have gotten to the place where we love things more than people. We love money more than people. We love status more than people. We're never satisfied with anything. We always, like some families, um, you know, every two years they get a new vehicle. Every five years they buy a new home. Uh, there's, there's never enough clothes in the closet. There's never enough this or that. The truth is there's not enough time. And I want people to focus on the things that matter most. And what matters most is our relationship with the Creator. And, and, and as a Christian, I believe through Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, and our relationship with our families. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we, we've, and I've preached this from the pulpit before, we have, we have been under this illusion that we have more and more time because of the way that the hands on the clock go around and they keep going around and they keep going around. And I think what would be better for us is if we had watches, you know, these eye watches that people wear now. <clears throat> Why don't we have instead of a digital display or an analogical and an, an analog display? Why don't we have a display of an hourglass that has enough sand in it to last 24 hours? And and, and we realize that when that last grain of sand runs out, your time is over. And we think that we have all the time in the world. That's why we put off reconciling with family members. That's why we put off taking that trip with an ailing parent or sick child or whatever the situation is, we put off doing the things that Christ came to this earth to inspire us to do through his sacrifice, to reconcile and to redeem. And not just to redeem the time, to redeem the moment, but to help redeem one another. And we're not the redeemers, don't get me wrong. He is the redeemer. There's only one redeemer. But we through him, can help show that redemptive work that he did on the cross by living sacrificially. I, I want to point people back to truth is what I want to do, because we've been lied to for far too long, and we have taken the bait, hook, line, and sinker. Yes, we have. Yeah, I won't disagree with you on that one either. And you know, for those of you that think you don't have to sacrifice to be a follower. And, and I think that's an important point. People think you have to sacrifice, but you don't. Because it, a good example, Shannon, you love to hunt. Sure do. It's it's something that you love to do, and you do it with your, your dad. Um, you, yep. you bow hunt, right? Um, how often do you I go? Do. Um, so... 
Bow season opens generally the last Saturday in September or the first Saturday in October. And so last year we didn't hunt as much as we did the year before, but on average, Daddy and I will spend about 30 days in the woods together. And so, and so you've got the, either the last Saturday in September, the first Saturday in October through the second full week in January. Right. So that's, yeah. So that's about three or four months, maybe three and a half months. And I make sure that we spend at least 30 days of that three and a half months together in the, in the woods. Now I'll go hunting by myself. Like I still go to the national forest and uh, daddy's going to be 80 next year. So, uh, you know, walking through the national forest is not for the faint of heart. Right. And, and, and I just, I don't need him getting overheated or, you know, because if you're a bow hunter in Texas, you're going to fight heat, mosquitoes, and snakes. That's just all there is to it because it's still warm. And even to the certain, to a certain extent, even rifle hunting because it's the first Saturday in November that rifle season opens. And sometimes it's still warm enough for the snakes to still be active. And even the mosquitoes, if we haven't had a freeze by then. So, yeah. but yeah. yeah, spend 30 days in the woods with him. We st- we play golf together. Uh, he, he got into deer hunting. Because I got into deer hunting. He took me deer hunting a couple of times as a boy, mostly squirrel hunting. We did fishing every now and then. But when I come home from the service, I had always had a passion for whitetail hunting for some reason. I just, they're very intelligent animals. People get people who don't hunt, they get this idea that whitetail hunting is easy. If it was easy, I would harvest more than one or two deer per season. Because I see a lot of animals, but I don't get a, a chance to take a, a good ethical shot at an animal. And, and that's another thing about when I say ethical, I mean I want to be able to take a good shot where I know that I will be able to recover that animal and put that meat in my freezer for my family. That's another reason why Daddy and I hunt. We look at it as, we look at it as a way for us to fulfill one of our what I believe and what Daddy believes, a God-given responsibility that he gave husbands and fathers and that is to provide for and protect their families. I like. I that. agree with that. And I love the love me some hunting. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Nick was about. No, no. That I, I, I've hunted my whole life. You know, I've enjoyed it. Taking the kids out there, sitting around a campfire. You know, there's nothing better. And bringing in a deer. All my kids yeah. have brought in at least one deer. You know, you can't get better relations. That's my kids and I got close, 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 and we did that. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it, and you you said something very key. Sitting around the campfire, what do you do when you sit around a campfire? You fellowship, you interact, you relate yes. to one another. So it's for the for the true hunter that understands why you're out there. Sitting around that campfire, I mean, I'm telling you right now. If I go out into the woods with my father or we, we go camping or whatever the situation is and we bring nothing back, I am bringing something back. I'm bringing back moments together with my family, with my kids. My, my youngest daughter hunts with me. Uh, both of my son-in-laws, they love to hunt. And I'm, I got my, both, uh, my oldest son-in-law into bow hunting. He's got his own bow now. And uh, my youngest son-in-law, he loves to hunt. I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't grow up hunting with his daddy. Neither did my oldest son-in-law. Uh, so I'm, I'm that father-in-law. That's a really cool term, too. Father-in-law, sister-in-law, right? It, we get that. It's literally a legal term. It goes back all the way to Hebrew culture. My, my son-in-laws, if their parents die, I'm now their father, right? I'm right. their father. Because by, by God's law, I'm now responsible to be his spiritual covering, his his mentor, his encourager. And so we that's another thing. We our culture doesn't pay attention to the meaning of words very well, right? I mean, a lot of times I'll be having conversations with people about the gospel. I try not to get um uh you know haughty or anything like that or puff out my chest, but when they say things about Christ, for instance, you know, they say, well, you know, Jesus said to turn the other cheek, or Jesus said, don't judge. Did you, my, my question is always a follow-up question. Did you read the rest of that passage in proper context? Have you actually read the gospel? Because I'll give you a good example. Jesus did say, turn, 
if somebody slaps you on your right cheek, turn to them the other cheek. Why did he do that? In Hebrew culture, if somebody slaps you openly in front of everybody on your right cheek, your side of authority, you turn to them to the other cheek because if it's, if it's a bad enough offense for them to slap you once, they should slap you again. And so it's giving them a chance to either be justified in what they want to do or you turn the cheek to them and giving them the chance to continue to make a fool out of themselves because they didn't have the right to slap you in the first place. He's not telling us to be a stepping stone. He's telling us if they didn't have any justifiable reason to use force against you, as it were, that's the cop coming out in me, turn to them the other cheek, give them the chance to keep doing what they know they shouldn't have done in the first place. And then, you know, the, the judging part. Can we judge? We judge all the time. We, we, we look at behavior. If somebody were to break into your home and steal something, would you judge them a thief? Absolutely. Yes. We yes. judge all the time. Jesus did not say we can't judge. Jesus said, take the log out of your eye first, then you will be able to see clearly enough to take the speck of sawdust out of your brother's eye, right? In other words, deal with your sin first and then help your brother deal with their sin. And the, and the word judge in the original uh, Greek that the New Testament was written in and the Aramaic that Jesus spoke in meant condemn that person. Don't condemn. Hmm. So when people say, don't, don't judge me, well, then then everybody should be able to walk around freely doing whatever they want to do all the time because we can't judge, but we judge all the time. Parents judge their children. What you did was wrong, and I'm going to punish you for that. You judged your child. Fair point. But you didn't condemn, but you didn't condemn your child. So that's, that's another reason I'm passionate about pointing people back to truth. Understand the truth that you say you believe and that you are speaking and and I don't I don't understand it all. I mean, I'm trying to understand in this pea brain of mine, you know, that was educated at North Shore High School on the east side of Harris County. I'm trying to use finite mind to understand infinite mind. I'm trying to use my humanity to understand divinity. And and it, it is it is a task, but it's a task that I want to do because the more I learn about the divine the more I'll learn about the divine one who saved my soul. So that's why I want to point people back to truth. Because truth to me is Christ. You know, and you mentioned mental health, Jay. Think about this. <clears throat> what did Jesus call in his day what we would call today bipolar disorder or paranoid schizophrenia? What did he call it? I don't know. What did he call it? Demon possession. Okay. Think about think about the man who was possessed of many demons. As a matter of fact, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because we are many, right? Right. And then he, he asked that demon what its name was for a reason. So he would know where to cast it, right? So we would look at that guy today, and instead of praying for him, and doing what the scripture says for us to do as believers and to pray that he be healed of that demonic possession. I'm not saying mental illness is not a real thing because it is a real thing. But see, the great physician healed him of maybe what was mental illness. Is it possible that mental illness is the condition of not being possessed, but being overshadowed by a principality and a power that causes us not to think correctly? Because the the battlefield is not our heart. Our heart cries out to to God all the time. The battlefield is our mind. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that our mind is so messed up is because we have ran from the truth for so long, you know? But we would look at that guy who was possessed by the demon called Legion because they were many. Today, we would put him in an insane asylum yes. and get him on all kinds of medication right? and let him yeah. live in a catatonic state until the day that he died, or we deemed him healed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So so that's why I want people to get back to truth. And again, I'm not saying mental I mean my my own mother, God rest her soul, I think mama may have dealt with some mental illness to to an extent that she never either had identified or that we were maybe as her family a 
afraid to identify or we just weren't thinking that mama was, you know, anything other than who my mother was, right? She was a loving mother, but she had these ups and downs, right? But think about this. Who doesn't have ups and downs? No, I know. I mean, everybody. 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 And, you know, but it was interesting when we were sitting in this class, they even consider phobias a mental health. So for me, a fear of heights is a mental health issue, you know? And I, I think they're trying... There's nothing wrong with what they're trying to do. And I don't disagree with, you know, what you're saying. I agree. And they actually mentioned it was funny. The number one positive factor for healing for somebody with mental health is spirituality. That's right. They admitted it in the class. So. So what? So. I mean, Nick, think about this for a second. And you and Jay both, think about this. Science for years has been trying to disprove God, but in their uh, effort to disprove God, what they do is they actually prove what the Bible has always said. Uh, You know, um, spirituality is the key to mental health, right? Yeah, right. Think about that. Spirituality. Now, they just use a blanket term, spirituality. I know. And I get that, and I know why they do that, because they have to remain neutral. But we know who that spirit is. I mean, he is the divine healer. And, I, and I'm and i telling you something, man. I, I think that if we could get back to a place where the church was not afraid to speak truth in love, right? If I've got the cure for cancer and I withheld it from you because I was afraid to offend you, I don't love you. Right. But if I've got the cure for cancer, if I love you, I'm going to tell you, I have the cure for cancer. Stop doing what you're doing and take this right here. We have the cure because we know the healer for mental health disorders. We have that cure. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't there that there aren't people that need medical intervention. I mean, for goodness sake, one of the writers of the gospels, Luke, was a physician, right? right. So Jesus didn't have, and I think Jesus gave those physicians the intelligence intelligence that they possess in the first place to help heal us. But the fact of the matter is, is that all true healing comes by knowing the healer and knowing that there's nothing he can't do. Now, then, so, but, but we could get into a deep discussion about this because then people say, okay, then why do people die? Well, because... No sinful flesh can enter into the presence of God. That's just the way that it is, right? That's what the Bible tells us. Every Everybody has an end date, right? Even God himself after the flood said, man will not live longer than 120 years. You know what? No one since after the flood has been recorded living longer than 120 years. Proof that they are older than 120. Every, the 120 is the stopping place. The life expectancy of all human beings, God only promised us 70 years. My mama died at 75, almost 76. So we're only guaranteed 70 years. So if you get more than 70 years, that's a bonus. That's a bonus. He only promised us 70, but no more than 120. So anywhere between 70 and 120, I mean, you're in God's favor. And and here's another thing about death. Think about death for a second. Why do we loathe death as much as we do? Nick, take a stab at it. Why do you think we loathe as, as a as a species, if you will, why do we hate death as much as we do? Uh, leaving the earth, leaving all the pleasures that we have, and or fear of what happens when you die. Yep. Okay. Well, about you, Jay? Why do you think we fear death as much as we do and fight against it? Um, I think Nick makes a valid point. Um, I don't fear it as much as other people, but as a population as a society um i think that's a a very accurate point society there's no belief and there's no faith in what will happen Uh, i i guess that's maybe the word i would use faith because they they don't know if they believe in heaven so if there's no heaven then where what happens so if my life on earth is all I have, is how they look at it. So they want to live yeah. as long as they can. 
Yeah. Okay. So again, I, I look at I look at life through the lens of scripture. Everything through the lens of scripture. Uh, if I have a question, I go to the scripture and find the answer. Now there are things that the scripture will not answer because there are things that God says. You know what? You just don't need an answer for that. You just need to trust me and have faith in me. Okay. But think about this for a second. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, in the Bible that I read and that Jay reads, uh, you're wearing a cross. Obviously, you read the same Bible that we read, Nick. You know, So in the beginning, Adam was created by God perfect and without sin, and then he fell. What did God say was going to happen to Adam when he sinned against him, if he disobeyed him? He would do what? He would die. Adam was never in, never intended to die. Death was an anathema, and it still is an anathema to our spirit. In our spirit, we know that we are going to go on forever, but this, there's this connection between our flesh and our spirit that, that we don't want to give up because this is what we know to be true, what we can see, what we can feel, right? Right. Right. But what we need to understand is that when this earthly vessel gives up its spirit that gives it animation in the first place, when it, my mother, I remember the day we brought her home on hospice and she died the next day. The, the hospice nurse gave us a piece of paper and she explained a few things to us. And I read that paper and I'm like, this makes total sense. Mama was not hungry. She didn't. She did not want to eat. She didn't want to drink because her body was preparing to die. Because her body could no longer sustain her spirit, and so wow, her 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 body just it shut down. Right. And we watched our mother's body cease to have animation because the thing that animated it that gave it life went back to the one that gave it to her in the first place so so we fight death because it's an anathema to our spirit because we know that we are intended to live forever and the truth is we are going to live forever the question is where will we live in the presence of jesus for all of eternity in what we call heaven in the scripture or will we live absolutely and totally separated from Jesus for all of eternity because we rejected his grace on the cross? That's the questions that I want to challenge people to answer for themselves. Do you know the truth of the scripture? Do you know who this Christ is that I believe in? I mean, that's my passion. Whether I'm in uniform, in the pulpit, it doesn't matter. Tomorrow at that funeral for our deputy, I am not preaching the, the, the service. The pastor of that church is. But make no mistake about it. In my comments, reading the obituary and telling a story about our deputy that we lost, who I knew personally, don't think for a second that I'm not going to weave a nugget of truth in my time of comments so that it can make people think about, man, I'm, I'm not guaranteed another moment. He did not. There's no way that you can convince me that he went to work that day thinking this is the day that I'm going to die. Oh, nobody, no nobody no wakes up yeah. thinking this is my, you know. So that's why I'm passionate about speaking truth to people, because the truth is, we ain't guaranteed another moment. When this Skype is over with, when this podcast is over with, one of us could be called home. The question is. Are we ready for that call? Are we ready for that? And that's my passion to get people ready for that call because you are going to get called one day. Right. Call home, you know? So that's that's my mission, man. That's my mission. It's a great mission. Stick to it. I know. And I'm sticking to it. Yeah. It's a great mission. <laughs> so, and it does. Your, your military does show out a little bit when you're talking. I will tell you, it's yeah. kind of funny. So, so, but no, it's good. It's one of the reasons I'll, I soldier, like you. Once a soldier, always a soldier. I know, but now you're, you know, you're a full time soldier for God. So I mean, that's that's right. You know, it just comes naturally for you. I'm, I'm wearing the last full time, last regular army unit I was in was Second Infantry Division, right there, Indian Head Patch. 
Nice. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Okay. That's cool. How many years? Three years in the regular army, four years in the Texas National Guard, 30 years as a peace officer, and June 1st will begin my 23rd year of senior pastoral ministry. Oh, wow. Okay. And how long have you been a chaplain? Go ahead. A chaplain? Yeah. Since 2014. Wow. Okay. So I have probably buried since being a chaplain at the sheriff's office where I'm at. Uh, well, I've buried hundreds of people, but I think I've done about 14 line of duty deaths since I've been chaplain. Yeah, it's still too many. That's, that's too many, yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, man. I was hoping you were going to say something in single digits because it's bound to happen, but... Well, so when I came to the sheriff's office in 1990, there were 19 names on our memorial wall at the sheriff's office. The deputy we're burying tomorrow will make number 55. That's how many we have lost since I've been with the sheriff's office. So you went from 19 to 55? In 30 years. Yeah. And 14 of those have been in the last eight. That's right. Seems like it's increasing. Hopefully slows down. Well, I think, um, so over the last two years, COVID has added a lot to that. I mean, we, we lost seven to COVID in the yeah. last two years. Okay. Um, but feloniously or in an accidental death, like um, the one that we're bearing tomorrow, he, he died in an accident or killed feloniously by a drunk driver or, or a homicide. Um, so I've done Darren Goforth, uh, Jesse Valdez, Darren Goforth. Sandy Dollywall, uh, Ramon Gutierrez, Darren Almondaris. So that's five felonious deaths that I have done as a chaplain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Still One's tough. too many. Yeah. 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 Still tough. So, Nick, do you have any questions for Shannon? Because I think he feels. I do us... not. I'm just, in, I'm just in awe. Love the man. Love it. Yeah. So I need to uh, come see you on Sundays. Come on, brother. Come on. Jay knows how to get there. Jay's I've a regular fixture at church now. Uh, I've been to your church. Have you? No. Yes. I don't no, think, I no. thought I had. No, where where is it? His church is in Liberty. Liberty. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. I thought it was the one in Pasadena. No, 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 no. 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 That's Brother Pittman's church. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um but yeah, no, the one up in Liberty. So that's why it's actually not a far drive for you. Not at all. No. Where do you live? Baytown. Oh yeah, right up one forty six, man, and hit there Highway ninety. Go. Yep. There you go. Yep. Yep. So you know. Well, come on. We'd love to have you, man. Yes, sir. So I'm not as regular as I should be, but you know I've been making an effort. So. And I'm proud of you, brother. Oh, thank you. We've talked about this yeah. in the past, you know, and yeah. You know, you've you've been very supportive um, throughout the last couple of years, especially. So I really appreciate that. And that's part of the reason, you know, I have a lot of respect for you. And, you know, the way you. It's funny when you sit on the pulpit and then Shan will admit this. He actually makes jokes all the time. He's not perfect. He's not the perfect husband, you know. And uh, it, it makes it to where you can relate. I think that's the biggest thing is, is being able to relate, you know. So um, looking at different ways to approach a situation because none of us have all the answers. Only the man upstairs has all the answers. And sometimes we don't always understand his plan. And mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest thing I think I've taken away lately is we don't always understand the plan. Sometimes you just got to have faith. So one of the, one of the one of the most valuable lessons I've learned as a pastor and as a chaplain when it comes to helping people deal with grief. And, and I'll use Jay and his family as an example when they dealt with their grief. When I showed up that night, I didn't have any answers. It's called being present in someone's time of grief, of tragedy, when their life is just falling apart. Just being present, you don't have to have an answer. Many times, just the fact you showing up and loving on them, that's the answer that they need at that moment. Right. So, 
if I could say anything to 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 your audience, Jay and and Nick, um, be present in people's lives. You don't have to always have a verbal answer. Just be present. Yep. That's a great one. That's a great one. I actually am doing that. I did it last night. I'm doing it tomorrow. Um, I'm actually going to a viewing tomorrow, as a matter of fact. So, for a yeah. friend of mine who lost his mother. So, you know. Don't have to have any answers. No. Just, hey, man, I'm here. I just want to let you know I love you. Hug them and be present. Yeah. More. I mean, here we go. I'm going back to the scripture again. Grieve with one another, mourn with one another. I mean, rejoice with one another, right? So we we do life with each other in the best and the worst times. Then we will truly be reflecting what Christ wanted us to be for one another. Right. Yeah. You know what the, the key point there is, is the, the most common phrase of all of that. One another with yeah. one another. We've kind of lost that, sort of like what you started off talking about. We've lost that society or community coming together and with one another, kind yeah. of. And it's it's very hard. I mean, you see still some people who work together, and you see families still work together, but it is really hard. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to put this into the words right, but it's just, I mean, especially during COVID, you could see the pain people were going through because they didn't have that social interaction Yep. yep. because they couldn't be with one another. Yep. So. Well, one of the things, one of the best lessons I learned in life is my best friend at the time, Jeff, his grandmother had passed away. And when they had the, the, you know, the viewing and the funeral and all that, I didn't go. And I'll never forget Jeff coming to me after that was all over with. And he said, Nick, how come you didn't show up? And I'm like, I've never been to a funeral. I was a little nervous, so I shot away from it. He said, it didn't have anything to do with that, Nick. I just needed you to be there. Yeah. And when he said that to me, it resonated and from that day on, and we were in our teens, you know, we were young kids. You, you don't think about that. And when he said that to me, I literally just grabbed him and hugged him. And I said, it'll never, I'm sorry. That'll never happen again to anybody. Yeah. So I well, see, that really, this really resonated with me when you, when you told that story. You know, and here's another thing about that specific subject though. You got to also give yourself grace in that area because now I don't this is going to sound harsh but this is a uh a a part of uh you know cops have a vernacular or a way that they talk and preachers have a vernacular in a way that they talk. So one of the things in chaplaincy and in ministry especially chaplaincy though is when when somebody passes we get we get upset like it I've been on vacation taking my wife home to Kentucky and I've had deputies that have passed away while I've been out of town. And I felt guilty because I couldn't be there. Well, my, my predecessor, who is still at the sheriff's office, and I call him my big brother in chaplaincy, and he said, Shannon, give yourself some grace because you got to remember something. People don't die on our schedule. They just, they just die. So if you can be there, be there. If you can't physically be there, you know, the society we live in today, you know, drop a text. Drop an email, call them, or take the time to get a sympathy card and write a personal, it doesn't have to be a letter, a personal note of condolence and saying, I am sorry I can't physically be there, but I want you to know my heart is with you. And it it means the world to them just to know that you took the time to think of them in their time of heartache and grief. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, that was a harsh lesson, and I learned it, and it I— haven't hesitated since. Anything go. that's ever happened in my life, you know, of course, like you said, I would always make note of that. Yeah. I will be there for you. Anything you need, anytime, anywhere, I'm a call. I'm a phone yeah. call away. I told yeah. you that, didn't I, Jay? Yes. And actually, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. 
We talk about real friends, and real friends are there for the tough times and for the good times. And, you know, like when Nick's moved, you know, I'm like the only person that's generally ever been there to help him move. <laughs> so, and vice versa, yeah. <laughs> besides my family, but Nick is the only person outside my family that comes and helps me move. So right. it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's it's crazy, but that's... You know, that's the hard part. And, you know, there's been a couple of times I have a buddy named Eddie. He's come on the show, too. His his mom's the one that just passed away. But, uh, you know, I've I've offered to help him numerous times to move, to help him move out of whatever. And every time he said, okay, I'm moving this week. And I'm like, oh. um, yeah, like the last <laughs> time he asked, it was my dad's birthday. So I was like. Uh, I'm kind of stuck on this one. It's my dad's birthday, you know, and I felt really bad, but you know, I'm like, okay, I got to get you next time. I got to, you know, so I've, I've literally told him, I was like, I need to make it up to you, but yeah, no, we, we, I, I really Eddie, firmly believe that you, you be there for the tough times and you support them. Yeah. So we need to tell Eddie to schedule his moving around, you know, when we don't have something going on. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You think he'll do that? No. <laughs> No. Yeah, He's no. too excited to get into that retirement home. He ain't doing that. Yeah, you need to sell that so we can move you somewhere else. He's yeah, not going to do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, Shannon, uh, I really want to say thank you for coming on thank you. and sharing with us. Um, I I don't have any questions. I think. Any of the questions that I had at the beginning of the show, yeah, they're all they're all in the back of my mind. They're they're not important compared to what you shared with us, and I think that's the most important thing. And I hope Amen. everyone en- enjoyed the uh, the the message that you brought. Well, I if, did. Well, if you if you need those questions answered, I'll come back on the podcast and I'll answer them. You know, we'll just have a little question Q and A session. You know, so love to do that. See, this is good for me. I love that because now I'll come away from this thing and I'll think of a few things and I got my pages right here. I'll write them down so that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Because when, like like, when you get old like us, we don't remember as good as we used to. That's exactly right. I have exactly no, right. No clue what you are talking about. Oh, the young one over here. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. know what we're talking about. Junior, junior on the other side of the screen, you know. Yeah, so. Whatever. Dirty so. dog. Hey, I'm in the fifties with you guys, so you know. Barely. Huh? Are you half century? Are you the half century club already? Yes. Okay. I turned. I'll be fifty. I'll be fifty six in June. Got you both beat. I know. All right. Yeah. I just turned fifty nine. Twenty nine right. and a half squared. Or twenty nine. Yeah, times two. Three quarter. <laughs> celebrate. Yeah, the twenty ninth and three quarter birthday. Whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> no, I actually turned fifty one in June too. So. Yeah. You know, yeah, June's a huge month for my family, really oh. huge month for my family. So my brother, my cousin, my son, me, my... What's your birthday in June, Jay? 14th, Flag Day. June, June 18th. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. My grand, yeah. My grandfather was on the 15th. Of course, Junior's on the 13th. Travis is on the 3rd. My cousin's wow. on the 2nd. My grandbabies, the twins, is on the 20th, and then Autumn, Leanne's child, is, like, late June. Yeah. So, yeah, our, yeah, June is, like, birthday after birthday after birthday after. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, it's crazy. The way it is for us, it's July. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's seven birthdays in July. Wow. Yeah, that's rough. Okay. Yep. So... Well, either way it goes, I I really am glad. I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, so I'm glad you decided to come on and, and talk to us. Like I said, yes, I still want to do a reason for the season episode, so you're you're not done yet. We're going to have you back again, and then we'll probably have you back for Christmas. All right, brother. Now you're talking awesome. about Easter and Christmas, right? Uh, uh, talking about Christmas for the reason for the season. Okay. Okay. That'll work. That'll so, work. You know, we can do an Easter episode too, but I, I, the Christmas one I'm really passionate about. Yeah, because people forget it ain't about the jolly old man in the red suit. 
No. Yeah. No. Right. It's yeah. gone too commercialized and, you know, let's just, let's focus on the real reason. So. There you go. Yes. So, um, any last words you want to share with the crowd there, Shannon? Well, I just want to encourage everybody to, like I said, just seek the truth. And, you know, people say today, you know, that's my truth. There's there's only one truth. There's your perspective and your experience, but there's truth. Seek truth. If it's true, it'll always be true. It'll never change. And secondly, seize the moment with your families because you can't get it back. Time cannot be rewound. You can't do it. So make the most of every moment. Amen. And forgive. 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 Amen. 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 Now I'm learning that lesson with my kids. Yes, sir. We had some my kids. We had some rough runs, but we're. I, I'm like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to figure this out. We're going to be a family. We're going to love one another. And I just yeah. had one deploy on a on a on a navy vessel. Um, uh, how come I can't say it? Aircraft carrier. Thank you. I couldn't get it out of my mouth. I did it again. Is he Navy so, or yeah. Marine? Navy. Yeah. Navy. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all my family's he Navy. So and and Army Strong. Army Strong. Well, not all my family. I, I should say my my cousin was in the army for eighteen and a half years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. First sergeant. So all right. Yeah. So here here's here's a great story. I've got four boys. Oldest one Army, second one Air Force, third one Navy. I'm working on the fourth one to go back and I want him to join the Coast Guard. But when I'm doing this, I'm thinking, if I adopt one more kid and put them in the Marines. I should automatically be a one-star general for hitting all five of the. I mean, really, right? There you go. I should be just automatically inducted into. You know, I don't want to be a four-star general. They got too much responsibility, but at least a one. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm saying. But then I'd have to have another kid. Yeah. Yeah. I got plenty. Yeah. No. Hey, never mind. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna touch that one. No, no, no. That's another podcast. I know that. There you go. There you go. So, um, I don't have anything else to share with the crowd. Um, any, I I can't think of anything else. I know Shannon's got uh, somewhere to be, so we're not going to keep you much longer. But, um, Nick, of course, I love you, man. Love you, brother. Uh, Shannon, I love you, brother. Love you, man. Love you, man. And thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Yep. And so uh, for the folks out there, you know, we love you too. Um, We love you fans. And, uh, you know, keep following, keep listening.